0: You could take your Bibles and open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to be reading out of uh, the New American Standard and the Amplified. For those of you that are following along, I do not have any slides because uh, that confines me to a certain script in a certain order, and uh, it's just not how I operate a lot of times. So uh, you will actually have to take your Bibles and actually open them today. <laughs> like we used to five years ago. <laughs> you know, we're talking about giving this morning, and the Bible says something that's so powerful that I think we often look over. In John 3.16, which we probably all know by heart, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And we look at that from a salvation perspective, don't we? But we don't look at that all the time as God had to actually give his most precious gift for us, who don't e- didn't even deserve it. And it's just like that song we sing, that's God's reckless love, and that he'll chase after the one, the one person that's left. And Jesus even tells a parable about that. But God gave His only begotten Son that we could have salvation. And there's so many things that God gives. He gave us, secondly, His Holy Spirit. He gave us His blood. He gave us, the Bible says, a new and better covenant than the old covenant. It says a new and living way, a better way. He gives us provision, He gives us protection. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, it says, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in the knowledge of Him. Just think about that. The nature of God is to give. When we don't have, His nature is to give. When we do have, His nature is to give even more. Just pick any one thing that God has given us. It is literally enough to sustain us for the entirety of our lives. If if He had only given us the Holy Spirit... That would be enough if he had only given us his blood that would be enough if he had only given us his new covenant that would be enough but he's given us so many things and the bible says that he made us in his image in his likeness and so if he has given us so many things and if he's given us his only son so that he could have a family then it should be in our nature to be radical givers And we see that all throughout the Bible. We actually see that if if you look in Exodus chapter 36. It actually talks about how they got to a point in the building of the temple where the people had brought so much to the temple to give. That they literally went to Moses and said, please tell the people to stop giving. We don't even have room to put the stuff and it, use, it literally uses the word restrain. It says they had to restrain the people from bringing any more. It's literally what the Bible says. Because they had no room to put it. Can you imagine if we got up on Sunday morning and said, we're not taking an offering for the next month. We don't have anything else to do with the money. Please, we do not need one more volunteer for the Freedom Outreach Christmas party. We don't know what to do with people. We can't take anybody else. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> good problem. That was a good problem to have. But that's the problem that they have in the Old Testament. Uh, it says, you know, we wonder why, how could David be a man after God's own heart? Because we know that David committed some pretty egregious acts. But if you look at an example in 1 Chronicles 29, it says that David gave out of his private treasure to the temple. And if you convert some of that to modern day, the amount of gold that David gave to the temple out of his private treasure is about $4 billion, let alone the silver and the other items that he gave toward the temple. And so we see radical giving. Jesus radically gave I think one of the most amazing things besides the fact that he died for us and he gave us, shed his blood for us, was that if you look at the life of Jesus, how much time he had to give. I mean, the guy couldn't go anywhere without somebody requesting that he come to their house or that he heal this person. I mean, can you imagine the amount of pressure it would be on the average person that you're just trying to, you know, walk through town to buy your groceries and you have to heal someone who's blind Or, you know, you have to heal someone who can't walk. And it's like, you know, how am I going to get from my house to the store without having to raise somebody from the dead? You know, like imagine the amount of pressure that would be. And, of course, Jesus, I'm sure, didn't feel that way. But Jesus just gave his time to people. If you read Matthew chapter 8 and 9, you see that Jesus, from one place to the next, people were always pulling on him and asking him to do something for him, and he always did. It says that he had great compassion on the people. And it says that out of that compassion, people were healed. And Jesus was radical about giving. He never turned anybody down. We never see any case where he turned someone away. As a matter of fact, the one time the disciples tried to take people away from him was little children, and he said, bring the children unto me. And so Jesus never turned people away. He was radical about giving with his time. And uh, we we had a teaching here probably a couple years ago by um, Mandy Dunn. And she made the point that sometimes I'd rather just give money to people than give my time. (laughs) And I was sitting there and I thought, man, that's actually true. Sometimes I'm just you know, so tired from what I have to do from day to day. I'd rather just give people money than actually go spend time with them and bless them. It's just easier. But we see that Jesus was radical about his giving of time. He never turned anybody away and always gave to people. And I want to look at verse 7 here in Second Corinthians chapter 9. I, I'm so grateful and so blessed that when I was a little kid, I was taught about radically giving And there was an old uh, little kid's show called Gospel Bill. Anybody ever see Gospel Bill with uh, Willie George? Uh, Some of us. I see a few people raising their hands. Well, that was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. And uh, we had all the videos, and and I was allowed to watch any Gospel Bill tapes that I wanted to on TV because there was always a biblical message behind it. And um, Gospel Bill had this one show where he taught, well he had many shows, but there was this one particular show where he taught on giving, and it's a little kid's show, but he had this saying that, be a cheerful giver, not a chicken liver. And that always, (laughs) that always stuck with me, but my parents would always tell me from that day forward, remember Nick, be a giver, not a chicken liver. (laughs) And I always think, I'm not going to be a chicken liver, I'm going to be a giver. But I'm so grateful for messages like that when I was a kid. And, you know, when I was a little kid, especially any time the offering basket would come around, my parents would always give me something to put in. And I learned at an early age. I learned how to give. And I had a, I remember I had a paper route when I was about eight or nine years old, and it was once a week delivering the uh, Newark Post, a major publication. <laughs> In the area And uh, I think it's still around, but I, I would deliver it in that day, and many people in our neighborhood got it, and I delivered several hundred papers, and uh, I would get 450 a week. Not 450, four dollars and50 cents a week. And um, I always gave off of that. I always tithed off of that, always. And do you know, even as a little kid, God always blessed me? I never lacked. I always had something as a little kid. I always had money around as a little kid. God always blessed me in return. And I was always happy to give, not just because I got blessed, but because I understood that God gave his only son for me, that I should be radical in my giving too. And I want to read you this verse about being a cheerful giver. Um, It says, For each one must do as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Listen to the Amplified version. The Amplified says, Let each one give as he's made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves. Listen to this. He takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things, and he's unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says in this translation, which kind of takes the words in the original Greek and throws them into the mix here, that God loves a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. And those of us that have given freely before, we can testify, I'm sure, that this is true, that God loves it when we give and that he loves giving back to us. And there's something about giving in the heart of God. It's so much part of his nature that literally as we give, the presence of God literally begins to invade our life. And at this church, we're very Holy Spirit-centered, and we even have Holy Spirit Nights, which is coming up next Friday. And we emphasize the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about how the Bible speaks of new wine. And when The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. Peter says that these men are not drunk with wine as you suppose, but he refers to a scriptural passage in Joel chapter two where he says, They're actually filled with new wine. And do you know that in Proverbs three, that famous chapter where it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your paths? Do you know that a couple verses after that it says, Honor the Lord with your first fruits from your capital and income and it says if you do that your barns shall be filled with plenty and your vats shall overflow with new wine and I've seen a connection in my life that when our hearts are into giving that person's hearts are also into receiving and the person that gives is also willing to receive and the person that receives is also willing to give And the Bible says that literally the new wine of the Holy Spirit will touch your life if you honor the Lord in your giving. Now that's not a very popular message and that's not taught very often. But if you read Proverbs 3, that's what it says. It says not only will God fill your barns with plenty if you honor him with your giving, but it says that he will pour out his new wine upon you. So if you want a key... If you want an interesting way to be touched by the presence of God, just unlock your giving and see what God starts to do in your life. See how he begins to touch your life with the Spirit of God. Hey, Jada Jackson. (laughs) There's one of my track athletes. Second in the state of Delaware over there. She's a hurdler. All right, verse 8. Listen to this. It says, if we cheerfully give, it says, God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance. How many people want all grace to come in abundance? Four of us. Oh, my goodness. Am I in the right church this morning? My goodness. Hopefully more than that. So that you may always, listen to this now, so that you may always under all circumstances. Does that cover everything? Everything. That covers everything, under all circumstances, and whatever the need, be self-sufficient. I like what the Amplified says. It says, possessing enough to require no aid or support, furnished in abundance for every good work. How many people want to be furnished in abundance for every good work? God says that as we cheerfully give and as we radically give his love away to people, And as we radically give our treasure to him, that he'll cause all grace to abound to us in every circumstance, that we'll be furnished for every good work. And I'm telling you, I've done this since I was a little kid. I may not be as old as you, some of you, but I've been saved for over 35 years. So in the spirit, I might be older than a lot of you, even though you're older than me. And I've seen the radical hand of God upon my life. The Bible says, they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And do you know, I've seen in my life from over 35 years of seeking the Lord that I've never, ever lacked one day in my life. Ever. Never lacked. Ever. And I believe that's because I followed what the Bible says. And I've been a giver. And I believe that the Lord honors that and he blesses that. And I've always been exactly what this says. Furnished for every good work. And it says in verse 9, it says, As it is written, he who gives to the poor his deeds of justice and kindness will go on and endure forever. And it says, God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness i was talking to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago and he was saying that he was having a hard time financially and he's a believer and i said well have you been radical in your giving recently i said there might be a key that you can unlock there and he said he said i don't have anything to give and i said well that can't be true I said because the Bible says God provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. And it says he also provides and multiplies your seed for sowing and increases the fruits of your righteousness. So that can't be true. You can't say, well, I don't have anything to give because it says that God literally gives to us so that we can give. (laughs) So he's got you. (laughs) So that's not an excuse anymore, now you know. (laughs) Listen now, it says, thus you will be enriched in all things, in every way. Why? So that you can be generous. The Bible says that God will give you seed to sow, if we can use that analogy that the Bible uses. He'll give you seed to sow, he'll give you bread to eat, he'll enrich you in all things, Not just to bless you, but why? So that you can be generous. I can tell you're not as excited as I am about this, but when it starts happening, you'll be as excited. And it says, your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. You know that when we radically give to people, it brings forth thanksgiving to God. If you've ever given something to someone... It causes thanksgiving in their hearts, but it does other things. In verse 12, it says, For the service that the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, but it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving. So what does our giving do? It makes up for what's lacking. We don't take offerings here so pastors can get a new car. It's not what the money's for. The money's to make up for what's lacking. The money's to make up for what we need here. It says, because of your standing the test of this ministry, they will glorify God. Our money, our giving, it doesn't matter if it's time, money, resources, whatever. It causes thanksgiving to God. causes many cries of thanksgiving. People will glorify God, it says in verse 13. For our loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as your generous-hearted liberality to them and to other needy ones. Look at verse 14. It says, They yearn for you while they pray for you. Do you know that your giving causes people to pray for you? When you give to people, they remember you. How many people remember someone if somebody walked up to you and gave you $500 this morning, we'll just use money as an example because it, it, it hits home the most. If somebody came up to you this morning and gave you $500, how many people would remember them most of the week and say, Lord, bless, <laughs> bless ever"? I heard a, a preacher one time a few years ago, he was talking about how somebody had anonymously given a million dollars to their church, anonymously. And he said, I don't know who they are. He said, but I pray for Anonymous all the time. Lord bless Anonymous. (laughs) Why? Because when you give radically, it causes people to remember. And it says in the Bible here, in verse 14, it says that they literally will yearn for you while they pray for you. Because of the surpassing measure of God's grace, which is shown forth in you. Now, thanks be to God for this gift beyond telling, is indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. Isn't that amazing? That is the heart of God. And you can turn to Philippians 4, but this Christmas season, in our culture, we give. And one of the things that I always find is, and especially as I get older, um, a few years ago I got my my dad a really awesome gift that he wanted, but it it cost a lot of money. And do you know I was so happy... I realized I wasn't even thinking about it, but I found myself being so happy to give my dad this gift just because I wanted to see his reaction, right? Have you ever given something to someone and you know they're going to love it? And it's like, I can't wait to see their reaction when they get this. It's going to be awesome. And it's almost like that reaction is worth all the money that you spent to give it to the person, even if you had to stretch yourself. Come on, give me a little feedback. You guys are all sitting there looking at me like, you, have you, are we at this point, we've never experienced any of this? We need to get back to the basics here. Give me a little help. My students at school give me much more help. And that's how it is with God, isn't it? He wants to give back to us as we give to him so much that he just loves it. Isn't that how it is with with kids? And from what I hear, uh, my wife and I are expecting our first baby in May. Yeah. And uh, so we'll have that feeling soon, I'm sure. But that's what everybody tells me, right? You just love giving to your kids and you just love blessing them. And that's what God wants to do for us. And the Bible talks about in Philippians chapter 4, the Bible talks about how you actually have an account in heaven of your giving. And that's good news. I want to look at this. I want to start in verse 11. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak from want, or have learned, to, but I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. And I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. But he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. What's he talking about? He's talking about they gave to him. He says, you yourselves also know, Philippians... That at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. Now, the Amplified Version says something very interesting. It says, No church entered into a partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving. Isn't that amazing? And in verse 16 it says, For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my need. Listen to this now. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. The Amplified Version says, Not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit. The harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. But I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need and I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. Now listen to what Paul says. He says, your gifts are a fragrant odor of an offering, a sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. Do you know that when we give, the Bible says that it actually releases an odor to heaven. The other day, we were, we were actually going to our ultrasound, and um, before our ultrasound, I had to leave work early, and Sarah had to leave work early, and before our ultrasound, uh, we actually were going to the hospital to pray for somebody, and, and it was really important that we do that beforehand, and so I was kind of in a hurry, leaving work, and I get out to the parking lot, and I'm just trying to get in my car to get out of there, because I was already late leaving, and a coworker stopped me. In the parking lot, and it's a young lady that's probably in her early 20s, and she says, I have a flat tire. Can you fix it? And in my head, I thought, no. (laughs) No, I can't. No. But I found myself saying, sure. Sure, sure. I must give. I must give. And so, um, you know, the Lord gave me an immediate solution. He said, uh, the Lord said to me, he said, you know, you have this fancy gadget that your wife gave you in the back of your car last Christmas that has a tire pump on it, and it's portable, and you just carry it right to the tire and pump up the tire, and there's that nice auto mechanic shop right across the street from where you work, and so I said, you know what, I said, "Uh, this is what I can do for you, I said, I'm in kind of a rush to get out of here, I said, but... I will blow up your tire and it will be good enough for you to drive for a minute across the street and they can fix it for you and then you can just walk back to work. And that's what we did and everything worked out well. And she was very grateful that I did that. But isn't it so easy to just look at people and say, no, sorry, I can't do that. I can't do that for you. Right? But God says that when we do take time to give, it says that it releases a fragrant odor to heaven. And it actually says that you have an account in heaven. You know, we're so focused on our account here. And we go online and we check our bank account and we say, no, we can't do that, or yes, we can do that, or I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that. But what about your heavenly account? Didn't Jesus say, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven? So the Bible says that you have a heavenly account And then it says in verse 19, the verse that we always like the quote, which I'm sorry to break it to you, is actually dependent on all the verses we read before it. It says, my God will liberally supply, the Amplified says, fill to the full all of your needs according to whose riches? His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So God has riches that are up in glory. And guess what? When we radically give of our time, our resources, our money, our offerings, our tithes, God deposits those things from his riches into our account. Why? So that we can be furnished in abundance for every good work. That's called God making all grace abound toward us. When we were uh, traveling, I think it was last summer when we... uh, we were downtown Wilmington and the person asked us for money and we were kind of embarrassed. All we had was a nickel, right? Or did he add, what's that? We had 10 cents, but I think we gave him a nickel. We gave him a nickel. He asked for a nickel. Okay. So we gave him a nickel and you know, like a lot of people, we don't, we don't carry cash on us most of the time. So do you know that, and we were at the time we were believing for this, uh, meditating on this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 1 that says, May God increase you a thousand times more. And um, we gave this guy a nickel as we were walking into this store in downtown Wilmington. I was like, oh my gosh, we gave him a nickel. Like, I wish we'd at least had a dollar on us. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. And do you know that uh, we went to the airport, was it that day or the next day? That day, we went to the airport to fly out somewhere and do you know that when we got to the airport, to make a long story short, the airline basically gave us $50 um, toward, toward an upgrade that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I said, if you take a nickel <laughs> and you multiply it by 100, right, you get $5. But if you take it and you multiply it by 1,000, you get $50. And I said, hey, I said, this is working. <laughs> I said, now, if we'd have given them $5, <laughs> we'd be a lot more happy than we are right now, but we'll take the $50. But, um, but it's really true that as we give to God, he gives back to us. And uh, I want to do something this morning. We didn't, we didn't come empty-handed. We're teaching on giving. And we're not teaching on giving to try to get an offering. We already took the offering. So it's not about an offering. You know, the world says raise your standard of living, but I think we should say raise our standard of giving. Amen. So if you want to raise your standard of living, you raise your standard of giving. Because if you give radically to people, you'll find that it says in Luke 6.38 that men will give radically unto you. That's right. That's right. So when those clipboards come around and you know, it says, do you want to make a meal for somebody? I mean, we're making meals because we know we're going to need meals in a few <laughs> months. So we're like, we're going to be, you know, selling into meals to people's lives because we want to reap meals. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> it's my big thing for the baby registry. I'm like, just put on Trader Joe's gift cards. That's all we need for the <laughs> <really." laughs> But uh, I need 10 people to come up to the front that are radical about giving. Real quick. Just come up to the front. Ten people. The first ten people are going to be blessed. And if you're not the first ten, I'm going to have to turn you away. All right, everybody stop right there. We don't need any more people. Let me, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Sister, I'm sorry. They beat you. All right, now what I, I have here, I had it on my heart to do this. I have ten $20 gift cards for Wawa. Okay, that I'm going to bless everybody with that you can use for whatever gas, sandwich, coffee, whatever. But here's the deal. Let me make it two, four, six, eight, ten. All right. Here's the deal. Every time you use this card, you have to buy something for somebody else while you're at Wawa. Okay? So if you get a coffee, you have to. Buy for the person behind you in line or in the front of you in line. And, okay, we have a trade coming. Oh. <laughs> Pastor's giving his spot. <laughs> See? He's still radically giving. Good example. Uh, and here's the beauty of this. You, if you're nervous about it, you can simply say, I got this from my church. And I've been instructed that I have to bless somebody in the name of Jesus. Could I take care of your sandwich for you? Could I take care of your gas for you? It's an easy way to lead someone to Jesus. Amen. All right? So I'm going to entrust this into you. This is like the parable of the talents. Okay? When the master gave them five talents, three talents, and one talent. (laughs) And the two people with the most talents invested it, and the one with the least didn't invest it, of course. So this is yours, and use it for yourself, too. It's not, but, you know, feel free. Follow the leading of the Lord. And what I want you to do is I want you to find me in church in the following weeks, and I want you to share your testimonies with me. And then maybe, maybe one Sunday, we can uh, share those testimonies with the whole church body. Everybody understand your task? Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Pray. Okay. And let, let's just pray. Let's pray for them. And let, let's pray that this spirit of giving touches our lives as a church, too. Everybody stand. <laughs> I forgot about that. Lord, we ask that you would release your touch upon this church, that we would be known as radical givers, Lord, of our time, our resources, our finances. And Lord, we thank you that your word says that you open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we don't even have room enough to receive. Your word says that when we give of our tithes, that you rebuke the devourer for our sake and that our fruit that's on the vine, does not fall prematurely, but it ripens and it prospers. And Lord, we give of our time, we give our resources, we give of our finances to you. And Lord, we vow to be obedient to you in our giving, that when you speak to us, that we'll give. And Lord, we thank you that you're going to make all grace abound toward this church and every believer in here that gives, and we'll be furnished for every good work in abundance. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And bless these ten as they go out, Lord. And may radical testimonies come, Lord. And may your glory be seen through the fruit of that ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.